showed Star Wars to Andy for the first time, to my lovely girlfriend, Andy. So right after we recorded that episode, she went back to New York. She's doing a workshop for a play called Intermission for a month. And while she was there, she talked to a bunch of friends about how she'd been on this podcast and asked about their first experiences watching Star Wars. And a couple of her friends were kind enough to record their thoughts about their first experiences of Star Wars. So I'm going to bring that to you today. The first one comes from Ashley Tim, who's actually a dresser for Cats on Broadway. Andy met her when Andy was in an off-Broadway play called Jasper in Deadland, and I guess Ashley was the dresser on that play as well. So we'll hear her first experience with Star Wars, and then we're going to hear from Andy herself talking to her best friend, Jillian Durkee, where we get the straight story about how Andy actually saw Star Wars on a bus when she was a kid and didn't remember. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so this is awesome. This is super fun. I hope you enjoy. So the first time I ever saw Star Wars, I believe I was five and I don't really remember the time of year, although I want to say it was a holiday of some sort. Uh, but I remember sitting down with my dad to watch at least a new hope, if, if not a new hope and Empire Strikes Back. Um, but I was young, I was, I was five, and, and I just remember being so caught up and swept away by this this story of fantasy and distant worlds and a future that could exist in a galaxy far, far away, and rebels and princesses who were complete badasses. And I was so captivated by this this story and these people, and... I immediately fell in love. Uh, I was obsessed, and I, I watched the movies constantly from that point on. Um, anytime I was homesick from school, I would watch Star Wars, and I loved it so much that I once carved uh, my own artist renderings of each of the films into a very nice headboard uh, that my parents had, and how they didn't murder me for that, I'm still not really sure. But it was it was just this magical film that my father had loved, you know, when when he was younger and that he shared with me. And it not only became something that that connected the two of us, but also gave me a connection to uh, a fantasy world and a world that I could kind of escape into when when I was sad or when I was homesick or when I was homesick. Um, and it, it, it's just this important, beautiful creation that will always hold a really important and special place in my heart. Okay, hello, sci-fi supplemental listeners. Um, this is Andy Alhadif speaking at the moment. I am um, Jesse Mercury's girlfriend, as well as a now two-time um, occurring guest on uh, Sci-Fi with Jesse Mercury. And I'm here with my best friend of all time, Jillian Durkee. Best friend since middle school, so you know that's, uh, that's real. That stuff's solid. That stuff's solid. She's eating a uh, mango licorice stick at the moment. So. I stuck my mouth before I realized I had to talk. <laughs> but also just because you should eat licorice whenever you can. Yeah. You know, just like take every opportunity. Yeah, always be eating licorice. <laughs> But, um, so, uh, we wanted to record a supplemental episode about the most recent episode that I was on of, uh, the podcast, which, uh, 
in which I'm watching um, A New Hope for the very first time. Mm-hmm. And we just, well, partly I wanted to include Jillian on this because <laughs> I, in the episode I talk about how I had seen it when I was younger, but I couldn't remember when or exactly what had happened in it because I remember that I was very distracted. And here we are with the record keeper of all time. Mm-hmm. And Jillian actually remembers um, when I saw it. So I'm here to tell you about yeah. it. Well, we, it was on a bus. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm pretty sure we were going to, like, Canada. <laughs> in, in middle school, right? In middle school yeah. with our school because we were from Seattle. Do, we, do they know that? Well, yeah. they might, and they do and even they do more. Now. So it's not, you know, it's not that far of a drive. But we, but I, I'm pretty sure we watched it on a bus to Canada mm-hmm. with our classmates in middle school on some trip. Right. And so then that would explain why you were distracted because we were on a bus and people were probably singing and oh yeah, throwing things and being middle schoolers. Yeah, and that's just distracting in and of itself. Yeah. Well, so now that mystery has been <laughs> revealed. Taken care of. But um, I also just wanted to like ask you about the very first time you watched Star Wars. Which episode was it? Mm-hmm. What do you remember feeling like? How old were you? Like, Can you kind of just describe that experience? Yeah. Well, it's really fuzzy. Cause <laughs> my dad's a bit of a sci-fi nerd, um, and so we, I grew up watching... Star Trek with him, and I do remember going to theaters to see the new trilogy mm-hmm. of Star Wars movies, mm-hmm. with which eventually had Hayden Christensen as uh, Darth Vader. Um, so I, I know that I saw A New Hope and the other two before that, because mm-hmm. my dad would not have let me go without preparing. Yeah. It, but it is, it's pretty fuzzy. Um, I remember liking it, and that's about it, and you know, I was really young, so not following the plot because what the the episode one, I guess the mm-hmm. n- the third to newest of the trilogies, right? Or, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know what you're saying. Um, that came out in like 2000. Does that sound right? Sure. I mean, you're asking so the wrong person, but uh, yeah, well, early 2000s. Yeah. So I wasn't that old, and no. you know, I really don't remember anything from. More than three years ago. <laughs> so, except for this bus ride to yeah, Canada. Definitely. Um, so, yes, I remember loving it. When the, the memory that I actually have of Star Wars that is strongest is when we got the DVD set hmm. of the older ones. Yeah. Um, and they had superimposed, there's a scene at the very end where they superimposed Hayden Christensen <laughs> as a, like, force ghost. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> At the very end, watching right. over, um, and thinking that looked really tacky, and that was, I was still young when I was watching that. Right. That was when DVDs were kind of a novel thing, and, yeah. and being like, oh, it's so tacky. So clearly I had mm-hmm. some, some ties yeah. to the way it was originally done. Do you remember, um, because you're saying your, your dad was kind of really your entry into it, yeah. and, he, and he is a huge... Fan, I'm assuming of oh yeah of the series. Do, do you remember anything that he's talked to you about in terms of the movie or why he's a fan, or was it more just like I like this, you should watch it? Oh, he, yeah. I mean, I, from what I can remember, and if he ever listens to this, he'll be like, that's not how it happened at all. But from what I can remember, <laughs> that it was a rig, a big staple of his youth mm-hmm. um, or his early adulthood. Um, 
and so I think just you know in the same way that that people of our parents generation and the generation that grew up with those movies it really it, it felt like just like part a formative part of his early years yeah um so he was I know he was really excited to share it with me yeah and I know that when we saw started seeing the newer ones mm-hmm he was very adamant that I understand that they were not of the same caliber. Right, okay, and that's, yeah, I can, re- I, that Jesse is a very similar uh, oh, yeah. a standpoint. Because at that point, when you're, whatever I was, like 11, when you're watching that movie, you're yeah. like, oh, was explosions and Right, space. right. And then Anakin Skywalker was so cute that I was just like, oh, oh please. I got a little crush. So actually, that leads me to my next question for you, which is, when I watched A New Hope, I remember thinking, and I may have even said this on the podcast, like, oh my gosh, if I had seen this as a young woman, I would be obsessed with Princess Leia and, like, mm-hmm. kind of real, like, because she's one of the few examples I can think of um, in cinema at that time of a, of a woman in that position of power and kind of that sort of badass attitude and yeah. sort of, you know, the, the no-nonsense kind of demeanor. And, and I feel like that would have been a cool thing to see. Do you remember any sort of impression you had of her? Oh, I definitely loved her. Yeah, okay. And she was my favorite character. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, and I have vague memories of trying to replicate the hairstyle, but yeah. um, oh my, my hair gosh. is blonde and super thin, so it really wasn't going to happen for me. It's really cute, though. It's real, real <laughs> cute hair, in case everyone's wondering. <laughs> It just lies limp but on the head. But also, that's not her hair. I mean, no, I'm imagining. Not at all. Um, but yeah, and and like the the scenes that stuck out most to me were the ones like her, you know, going down the hallway with a gun in her hand. Yeah, not that I condone gun violence, but sure. But just I mean, um, you don't see that very often with yeah. women in that time. You know, it's yeah. And the and when he. Um, when Darth Vader blows up her home planet, yes, that was like the most painful moment of the entire movie for me. Oh, interesting. That. Okay, because we actually talk about that in the episode, and we really? were saying that she, her um, response felt a little under. Like it, it didn't yeah. seem to express how traumatic that would be for somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's interesting that that moment stands out in your mind. Do you? Another thing we talk about a lot, and I'm actually kind of curious your viewpoint on uh, is like the function of the force and what the force means and, and how, how it works. And, mm-hmm. and um, like, what do you think the force is? Like, how would you define the force? It's mm, a very interesting question. Um, I think I've always just sort of thought of the force as like special powers, but mm-hmm. with a hint of religion to it. Yeah, it totally. Like right. it's, it's yeah. super spiritual. Yeah. Um, it's like, yeah, it's like telekinesis meets mm-hmm. God. Interesting. <laughs> oh, yeah, I like that. Awesome. Yeah. Um, it's funny because I, that's kind of, we got into a pretty religious conversation about it. Yeah. Um, and also I was, now I'm, now I'm backtracking to the conversation, but I was just thinking about how we were talking about Princess Leia and, and like her kind of uh, role as a woman at that time. And you and I were just talking about, um, uh, Wonder, Woman. Wonder Woman. And, I mean, I know this isn't totally related, but I feel like I want to talk a little bit about that because we yeah. just both loved and were affected by that movie so much. Um, and we were talking about the first part of the movie where you mm-hmm. see a world where w- women hold every single position of power. Yeah. And how, like, that was so emotional. For I mean, I was weeping. Yeah. I was actually weeping because it was... I've never seen that. It was super powerful. Yeah. Um, and... It, 
and you know the one thing that sort of made it sad was the realization that this could only happen in a world where there just weren't any men. Hmm. That's interesting. Um, but but it's so beautiful and the that um that that opening fight scene on the beach just the like oh my god the those stunt women are fantastic insane I mean, have you seen the pictures of them standing around set too they're just so strong I and haven't beautiful. but I believe it and um, I, we were talking about how like the way that scene is shot those female warriors are they have such grace and yeah. nobility and mm-hmm. honor and um and they fight with passion and and they're present. You know, they don't disconnect. And I think mm-hmm. that the movie also shows a world in which we completely send out people to fight that are di- that they have to disconnect in order to do it. Yeah. And like they're raised in a culture where you connect and that killing someone is an act of honor but also you you're present for and you do right. with intention and like that the opposition of that to guns and and actually that's interesting too because in the first episode of, or I guess the fourth episode, but the first movie, the first Star Wars movie, mm-hmm. they, they, you know, they have those laser shooters and they're shooting those things left and right. Yeah. And we were talking about how quickly the characters take to just kind of killing people. Yeah. And, and how the stormtroopers are wearing these outfits that <laughs> really, you know, make them seem not human. Yeah. And they, the masks, I think serve to separate them. So when you're killing a stormtrooper, mm-hmm. it's like you're killing a robot. Yes. And it also separates them from the victims of... The, the, from the people that they're killing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I agree with you that that there is... And, and also, fighting with lightsabers, mm. that is something where you have to be very intentional. You have to be yes. close to the person you're killing. Yes. Even, like, Darth Maul, who had the two-sided lightsaber in the newer movies... Mm-hmm. He still had to, you know, wield it up close and personal yeah. with his uh, the person that he's right fighting. Yeah. So that's very different, and it I think mm-hmm. it always makes a big difference. I mean, men or women, when when a movie um, sort of like pays a little bit of homage to whoever is getting killed on screen. Mm-hmm. Like, if there's a moment when someone dies, I feel like the director, writer, the whole team of the movie, the cinematographer, they can make the choice to linger on that death for one moment just to, like, give that character's passing um, a little resonance. Mm-hmm. Or they can... It can be a movie mm. where, you know, there are mass explosions and people are dying everywhere mm-hmm. or, you know, bullets are flying so fast that you don't know who's dead and who's alive. And it's... A, they're two very different approaches. Yeah. And actually, that that kind of brings me to my final question, which is, like, you know, you're... So, Jillian is a playwright, and she's getting her master's in, in playwriting. And also, there's a part of the program that's screenwriting yeah. as well. So, I just kind of wanted to ask you from that point of view, in terms of... You can talk about just, like, I guess the franchise in general mm-hmm. and the, uh, you know, the, the idea that this series has now spanned so many generations and to keep a story going that long or from any standpoint as as someone who's who writes stories and yeah. plays like is there anything that stands out to you about Star Wars or from yeah. that perspective I think what stands out and what has made it so successful is the completeness of the world mm. and and the the unique vision that George Lucas had for the world yeah. I don't think anyone's going to tell you that like the the best thing about Star Wars is the dialogue because it's not. <laughs> right, right. And that's, I don't think that's his strong suit. Yeah. So really when you're, 
you're writing a screenplay, you have to be thinking about the visual world that you're creating. Yes. Um, and the and the visual story that you're telling, and I think that's what he did really well. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, and so well that he's, you know, created this, like, blueprint for people to continue on with it, despite the fact that he's no longer involved. Right. Um, in w- ways that are pretty successful, in my opinion. Yeah. I thought Rogue One and Force Awakens both had a lot to... Yeah, yeah, and I, I only, I've only seen Force Awakens of the, well, just now I've only seen Force Awakens and New Hope, but, um, so yeah, which are interesting because people are talking about how those are similar stories, yeah, um, structure wise, and some, some that's something we talked about before, Mm -hmm. but, um, but yeah, that's such a good point that it's something that's able to be, uh, not only withstand the test of time, but then be passed on in a in a story that continues to yield ideas, yeah, it's kind of like. I, the thing I would compare it to is Lord of the Rings. Mm. Like, Tolkien, you know, made up languages and, <laughs> yeah. like, basically wrote just these epic sagas that yeah. that could be... I mean, pe- it led people to think that he was a descendant of elves and that Middle-earth was real. Yeah. Like, that sort of thing really ignites people's imagination. Yeah. So, and that has to do with detail and yes. attention to detail mm-hmm. and having a, a really great imagination. Yeah. Um, but and there also has to be something to like, un- just understanding what sort of a story is going to draw people in because, yeah. you know, people who can disagree on many other types of movies, almost all of them love Star Wars. <laughs> um, Interesting, yeah. And so I, I don't know. I mean, it has the, it has a bit of a hero's journey element to it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yes, um, yep. which has stood the tests of time, time and again. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it and it also has, I don't know the like, um, just all the different creatures and and mm-hmm. and the bringing together of these species mm-hmm. um, in this massive battle yeah. for good and evil. I mean, that's like it's so, so compelling. I mean, yeah, that's like the ultimate thing. Yeah, you, who doesn't want to watch that? Exactly. Yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Jillian. This was really fun to talk about. And I hope, um, Jesse, I hope you enjoyed listening to this and, and supplemental listeners. I hope, I hope you enjoyed it. And and thanks. Thanks Yeah. Awesome. Yay. Yay. (laughs)